Hail Dictinus, grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them. Welcome to Pagan Parenting, the 237th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening is courtesy of James Baldwin. Our opening and closing music is credited as Frostwaltz Alternate by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You may call me Ode. Mary Meet, my name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. We are Jacksonless tonight. Yes, no Jackson. No Jackson, so it's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, this should be a fun discussion. Yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be a fun one. It's going to be uh, more of a chit chatty episode. Yeah, yeah. But it's a much requested topic. It People is. have been asking for a pagan parenting episode since like we started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. we're finally going to get around to it. But first, but first, housekeeping. Housekeeping. So I have two things to shout out today for housekeeping. Sweet. First, I want to give a shout out to Planned Parenthood. I know a lot of people are aware that like Planned Parenthood is where you can get reproductive health resources. Mm-hmm. But Planned Parenthood is also a, like a one-stop shop for all sorts of like sexual health and mm-hmm. also increasingly for gender and trans issues. Nice. So if you are not sure where, like if you're looking to figure out your transition process or something like that, and you're not sure where to start, Planned Parenthood is a good place to start. Huzzah for Planned Parenthood. They've always been ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Even if they, like, don't have resources they, there they at that clinic, they can help you figure out and navigate resources in your area. See, I love that. Yeah. That's a good service. Yeah. And I, I like, I really support Planned Parenthood, personally. Yes. I like, I love their mission. Uh, I love the work they actually do. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Always throw some support behind Planned Parenthood. Yep. Especially since they get so much hate. Uh-huh. And are <laughs> under assault in a lot of states. Yes, yes, they are. Um, the other thing I wanted to shout out, which I just found recently, it's translanguageprimer.com. And this is one of those things that, like, it's not as useful if you're in the queer community. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you've ever had someone in your life who is using a lot of really outdated terminology or who, like, just doesn't know how to talk to you about trans issues mm-hmm. um, or even sexuality issues, things like that. Trans Language Primer is a project to develop sort of a glossary of the terms that are used inside the community mm-hmm. and how we're using them and how they're developing so that people can sort of stay up to date on what's happening linguistically Mm -hmm. in the trans community and so that they can communicate in more compassionate ways. Nice. So if there is someone in your life who maybe is not super up to date on that kind of stuff and you'd like them to get a little more updated, but it's like really a trial to have those conversations every time, maybe Mm -hmm. send them this resource. There you go. I love it. That's very good. Especially because it it can be hard, especially as people are learning new language, Mm -hmm. trying to um, be supportive, but not sure how to say it. How to go about that. Yeah. Yeah. And something that's really useful about the trans language primer is that they've got these like starter sets of, of like work you through these specific terms. So like... If you're new to the whole concept of, of trans issues, here are the some some of the introductory terms you should need you would need to know. If you're interested in like specifically non-binary issues, here are the terms you would need to know. So like, like it's it. it's really easy to navigate like I'll that. I'll have to check it out myself. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Oh, I'm just gonna throw it out there. So SAG AFTRA has joined the yes. strike or is on a separate additional strike. Yeah. 
as well as the Writers Guild of America. Those people are all on strike, so Hollywood is basically shut down right now. They've all, they're all standing in solidarity. Mm-hmm. Well, and SAG-AFTRA and WGA, both of their contracts have run out. Yeah. And were not successfully renegotiated. Um, so they're all on strike. So, But I do want to throw out there that neither of those organizations has called for a boycott. Mm-hmm. In fact, it is, and this is something I see, I'm mentioning this specifically because I see it thrown around a lot, like mm-hmm. people saying like, oh, should we quit our streaming services? Should mm-hmm. we not watch? No. In fact, it is better for you to use your streaming services like usual because that puts more pressure mm-hmm. on the studios. Mm-hmm. If you stop watching while the strike is going on, you actually weaken the strike position. Yeah. So continue to use your streaming services as normal. Yep, definitely. Until and unless the strikes call for a boycott. Take advantage of reruns. Exactly. And do marathons and things like that, which is a hell of a lot easier to do now than it was back in yes. the day <laughs> when that writer's strike happened. 2007. Yeah. yeah. The last yeah. one. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, but we hope we you know WGA strong, yeah, union strong. We hope that they that they get everything they want because quite frankly, from the news that's been coming out, fuck the studios. Yeah, absolutely, and they they all have every right to strike, Mm -hmm. and I support them completely. Yeah, and no scabs, no scabs, no scabs in the pride. Okay, so we are house kept and house swept. Hooray! So this, like I said, is going to be a chattier episode because. Mm -hmm. Although Gwyn is arguably a pagan parent, we did not have pagan parenting. As a child, as children, no. <laughs> no, my children grew up Christian. Uh-huh. And there was a brief moment. Yeah, there was like a... When they were younger. Like a year or two? A year or two when yeah. I was a pagan. More, most specifically a witch. Mm-hmm. More than a pagan. Yeah. And um, well, you had a, you had some devotional relationships. I did, but I. You but know, you didn't identify. as I a didn't pagan. identify as a pagan. You know, it, I wasn't a pagan parent mm-hmm. at that time. I wasn't parenting my children. To, you know, in the ways of of uh, paganism or witchcraft. In fact, that's one thing that we can talk about is that back when I first began my journey into mm-hmm. witchcraft. The group, at least, that I was learning from, which was all online, because mm-hmm. we were all a bunch of solitaries. We were a lot of beginners with some people who'd been in it for 20 years or mm-hmm. five years or sort one of a, year. Sort of doing mentoring. Exactly. Mentoring. They discouraged sharing your craft or sharing what you were doing as a witch with children mm-hmm. under the age of 18. Yeah. No, no minors were to be taught magic. Yeah, exactly. So I took that very literally. Mm-hmm. And even though I introduced my kids to the concept that I was practicing witchcraft, that I was no longer mm-hmm. a Christian, which really confused them. So do better than I did. I really confused my kids. Yeah, I think in part because you were being discouraged from actually sharing your mm-hmm. path, you didn't tell us a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did take them to Pagan Pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went once. When they were ch- when they were small children, mm-hmm. about ten and eight, and it freaked Jackson out. Yeah, and he was a very sensitive child. Yes, he was. And Ode was all into it, mm-hmm. you know, and we're like, "Teach me now!" Teach and I me wasn't now. allowed to and be into I wasn't, it. You know, I was like, "No, no, wait until you're older," uh-huh. kind of thing. And it's simply because that's how it was introduced to me. Yeah, I will throw it out there that I, having been forbidden to learn witchcraft from my mother. 
taught themselves. Just I just found my own resources yep. and like like many of which exactly has done in childhood. <laughs> exactly. And also, full disclosure, I used to like sneak into your room <laughs> when you were at work and, and like look at my look stuff. at your stuff. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> That look at so all the like crystals and tarot cards oh, that's and all great. the little voodoo dolls. Oh my god! Yeah, and I had a lot of voodoo dolls. I, yeah, I collected them at the time. And oh my god! And gosh, I was just like so enthralled funny. by like the candles and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> See, and that's I feel bad because I feel like that is something I really could have shared with you. I could have mm-hmm. shown you, like a like, like this is what all this, this stuff is, is what for. All this is for, and you know things like that. But unfortunately, at the time, and this was. Early, early aughts, early yeah, because I was like 10, 11. Yeah, so it was the early 2000s, and Silver Ravenwolf's book, uh, Teen Witch, hadn't come out yeah, yet, I don't yet. believe. I don't think so. No. So I just, I was not encouraged to teach my children about my path, mm-hmm. other than very basic. Yeah, just like, this is why we're not this going to church anymore. This is why we're not anymore. going to church stuff. Um, and that's probably just the group I was with. I'm sure mm-hmm. there were probably other groups that were you know, teaching their children how mm-hmm. to be pagan. And I think there were spiral scouts being yeah. formed at the time, you know. <laughs> but that was the group I was with. Right. And that was what we were being told and what we were being taught. And we all came out of the Christian church and we all had a lot of fucking angst. Right. And, and I especially had a lot of baggage. I was very wishy-washy at mm-hmm. the time. And uh, so that didn't help, you know. Yeah. So I did not... I was not a pagan parent Yeah. when my children were young. And I would say that that was like a, a missed opportunity. It was a missed opportunity. I'm, I'm really sad about it when I think back now. Yeah. It was a, it was, it would have been, I, I attempted it sort of when I took you guys to. To the pride. To the pride. But, um, but and then Jackson got spooked by it. Jackson got spooked. So I stepped mm-hmm. back away from that. Um, but I think part of the reason that Jackson did get spooked by it was we didn't have a whole lot of context to work yes, with. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because you had been discouraged from giving us context. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was all very weird and new and strange mm-hmm. and made no sense to him, especially yeah. because he'd been in church all of his life mm-hmm. and been told about Jesus and God. And all of a sudden I'm doing something else. Yeah. And that seems spooky. That seems spooky. And, uh, yeah. So if I had to do it over again, I would definitely do it differently. I would have taken you with me when I was outside meditating. Mm -hmm. I would have, you know, shown you my crystals and my Mm -hmm. candles and my voodoo dolls (laughs) and explained to you that they were not scary, that this was a part of my spiritual practice Mm -hmm. and that, um, you know, I was working with nature and learning how you know and energy and energy and things like that and um you know i was learning about plant spirits and tree spirits and you know the the elements and Mm -hmm. i could have shared all of that Mm -hmm. with you and so and with your brother and so if i had to do it again Mm -hmm. that's definitely what i would have done so i encourage any parents who are coming into paganism now Uh especially from a christian background like i was don't be afraid to have honest conversations with your kids mm-hmm. and share it with them. Share the parts. You know, don't go all full bore. Right. You know. Like you don't have to give them everything all at once. Exactly. But show them, you know, how you connect with nature. Mm-hmm. Show them, you know, talk to them about the crystals and how they can, you know, if give them some crystals themselves mm-hmm. to get to know and and uh, things like that. Yeah, talk about like sensing energy. And... Yeah, take walks in the woods and start identifying plants yeah. and trees and 
rocks and and teach your kids discernment right because mm-hmm. like kids are super imaginative and at the same time super like open to receptive to Absolutely. new ideas and concepts Absolutely. so like they're going to absorb like hey you can talk to you know the spirits of trees mm-hmm. and sometimes that'll be like a purely imaginary conversation Mm -hmm. and sometimes it'll be a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, teach them how to identify between those things. Exactly. And I think nowadays, like I said, I, I don't really know what other pagan groups, I'm sure covens and, and other pagan groups were back in, back in the day were, were teaching their kids differently. I I do know that now you see, you know, you see the kids. Yeah. It's becoming much more. Are becoming. Yeah sort of um, integrated across age groups, I well, think. Well, and in the Pride, if you go into Discord or if mm-hmm. you go into the Facebook group, you'll hear about the pagan parents yeah. in our group Teaching their kids. Who, how, what they're teaching them and talking their, about their little their altars. Their little altars, yeah. That, I love you know. hearing about, like, this is what my kid did for their altar. I love hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Or how they're teaching them about stones. Mm-hmm. or You know, I think one was even talking about a little spell that that their child cast for the first time, you know, kind of thing, you know. Um, Um, We've heard about um, kids helping in rituals, mm -hmm. participating in rituals. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I always love hearing about that stuff. It's it's just cool to hear about young people who are engaged in the practice. Yes. Well, and I think it's important for us to remember, and I say this again as somebody Mm -hmm. who did not understand that at the time, is that paganism is a beautiful, rich collection yeah, tapestry tapestry <laughs> of different paths and to be able to share that with your children is a gift mm-hmm. you know and it's not like you say oh like you know like a church or or right. somebody like this is the only way you can believe you're introducing them to what you believe to what you're doing and what yeah. you're doing but you know that doesn't mean you have to say you can't do anything else because that's antithetical to what paganism really is for most people, I think. Yeah, I think I what I would really encourage is teach your kid what you're doing mm-hmm. and why you're doing it and mm-hmm. what value it offers to your life and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just leave the door open, Yeah, right? Like Allow t- them as they grow to, to explore mm-hmm. other ideologies or theologies mm-hmm. or mythologies or books of, you know, sacred texts and things yeah. like that. Let, let them learn about other religions and, and paths and things like that. And I understand that could be difficult, especially since, like, pretty much everyone in your family, very likely, is going to be trying to push them towards a Christian mm-hmm. perspective. And especially if you're coming f- out of a Christian mm-hmm. perspective, especially if you're coming out of it with damage, Yeah, um, there's probably going to be an impulse to keep your kid away from that. Mm-hmm. I would say unless you came out of like an explicitly de- like inherently mm-hmm. detrimental religious institution like a cult mm-hmm. maybe like at least give your kid the opportunity to learn about mm-hmm. you know the religion that probably the rest of your family is involved in mm-hmm. and that you were formerly involved in but just also tell them like hey this religion hurt me here's how and why yeah, yeah. and be aware that there there may be some relatives who try to sabotage oh, what you're there teaching will your be. kid. hundred percent. You know? And so you have to use discernment there and as well. And set boundaries. Set boundaries. With those family members. Exactly. You know, and say, hey, I don't mind my kid learning about what you believe. But you can't but tell you them can't that tell them. what I'm doing is evil or wrong. Or, yeah. Yep, exactly. 
Definitely boundaries have to be set. And if boundaries are broken... Then, yeah, you have to enforce them. You have to enforce them. Yeah, because that's the thing. If you set a boundary and then you don't enforce it, it's not really a boundary. Exactly, exactly. So if people are going to keep pushing, eventually you have to remove them from the situation. And again, I know that some members of the Pride have experienced mm-hmm. this. Yep. And they have had to enforce boundaries. Yeah. Because family members have been purposefully doing things to uh, undermine their authority yeah. or, or to scare their scare kids, scare their kids yeah. or, you know, things like that. And, you know, you definitely don't want that to happen. Yeah. I guess the other thing I would say is like, if you don't teach your kid about what you're doing and leave that door open and give them the opportunity mm-hmm. to learn about your practice, they'll probably do what I did, uh-huh. which is find out on Sneak. their own. Sneak. Sneak. Snoop. Snoop. <laughs> I was an inveterate Snoop. Well, and if you listen to people, I think, was it uh, maybe Devin Hunter mm-hmm. and, and Australia Taylor? A lot of these people, they discovered witchcraft and paganism as children mm-hmm. or as young teenagers because of a book they read yep. and things like that. And a lot of them did just do it under the radar. Yep. And there's a lot more of that stuff available at the library now. Now, yes, yes. So, so much more. If you don't teach them, someone's book is going to teach them. And you don't, you, you, you know, you can't guarantee what book that's going to be. So maybe do the research ahead of time. Show them what books you think are appropriate. That kind of a thing, you know. Rochala says, my witchling is learning how to lead our new moon rituals at only 14. It's an open path ritual, so lots of room to explore and grow, but we've also been teaching them about all sorts of paths for their entire life. I like that. That's very cool. Yeah, that's, very that's really cool. good. That's really useful, I think. Mm-hmm. Githa says, I found some witchcraft books and candles and things in my mom's things when I was a kid <laughs> in Catholic school. It spooked me at the time. Once I changed paths, we had a conversation about it. I often wonder how I would have reacted if we had just had a conversation about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, when Jackson was small and he was kind of freaked out by the, you know, the pagan pride because yeah. we, you know, we made corn dollies and we yeah. were in a ritual yep. and he just was like, but what about Jesus? You yeah, because the only context he had yeah, was... He was very confused by that. And so if I had you know, been able to really sit down and have a conversation. Now he was eight. Right. But, um, an age appropriate conversation. Yeah, an age appropriate. But the thing is, like, he was old enough to have learned from, yeah. from Sunday school, right, right. about these, uh, these religious objections he was bringing to you. Mm-hmm. So he probably was old enough to yeah. hear a different perspective. Yeah, exactly. And so I just kind of was like, okay, I won't, you know, mm-hmm. I won't subject that, you know, on right. you again or subject you to that again. Yeah. You know, rather than really talking to him about it. I, and let me know if this is completely incorrect, but I wonder if you felt like rejected at all by his, Mm. by his anxiety. There's a probably, I mean, you know, you say that was a long time ago. It was a minute ago, yeah. It was a minute ago. There may have been some of that. There may have been some guilt, because like Mm -hmm. I said, I had a lot of angst to Christian guilt and baggage. Uh, that I was dealing with. And then also at the time, we I was separated from your father, mm-hmm. living with my mother, mm-hmm. you know, who was taking Jackson to yep, church. to church, yep. <laughs> so. Um, I did not go on that because by this time I had already divorced myself from Christianity. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I think there was that kind of push me, pull you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just kind of conceded. Yeah. Rather than say, hey, let's talk about this, yeah. you know, because I was still new myself, still trying to 
understand what I was doing and and, and sort of decide and, where you were going to fall. Deciding where I was going to fall and, like I said, dealing with my own sense of baggage and mm-hmm. guilt and things like that. So, Rochala says, oh yeah, I had to cut one of my grandparents off from unsupervised time with my kids when they were really young because they wouldn't respect my rule of no religious videos and kept plopping them in front of VeggieTales. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we watched so much VeggieTales growing up. We did, yeah, yeah. VeggieTales and... Um, Adventures in Odyssey. Adventures in Odyssey, the radio They were the show. big ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, how the times change, says Rian. Mm-hmm. I think the only time that I personally would suggest, like, not talking to your kid about your religious path mm-hmm. is if your child is very, very young mm-hmm. and does not know how to keep a secret. Yes, especially if you are in an area where you are uh, needing to remain closeted Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, whether it's family or, you know... Your job. Neighborhood. Whatever. Whatever. The state you live in. Yeah. If you just live in a situation where it could cause, like, actual problems Mm -hmm. for your family, if your kid, like, blurted out something about... Samhain mm-hmm. in the grocery store, mm-hmm. then maybe Drawing keep it, pictures of mommy uh-huh, yeah. and daddy, you know. Yeah, hailing Hail- the great <laughs> Satan or whatever. Then maybe keep it a little under wraps until they're a little older yeah, yeah. and more able to recognize, like, who they should say certain things to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that is something to consider, mm-hmm. where you are on your path. Yeah, because and I, I guess the thing I would say is, like, on the one hand, it's important to... Be confident in your path before you share it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that you're sharing accurate information and where you really are. Yep. But at the same time, I think it's useful for kids to know that their parents are not, like, perfect paragons, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're going to learn that eventually anyway. Mm -hmm. And if I think it's maybe better to introduce them to that reality in a in a structured way Mm -hmm. where you are controlling the situation. So telling the kid, like, here's what mommy believes. I don't know the answer to that question. Let's look it up. Mm -hmm. That kind of a thing. Like, I don't know. I I feel like that sets your kid up in a better spot in general, in addition to in a better spot in their spiritual journey. Yeah. Especially if you're coming from having been a Christian. Yeah. Where everything is very like the rules are this. Yeah. This is... The, the truth. Maybe make it kind of a slower transition for a child, depending mm-hmm. on their age. Yeah. Um, so that it's not quite the culture shock that happened right. with me and my children. Yeah, with and with Jackson and especially. With ja- Jackson specifically. Yeah. Because yeah. I think a lot of it with him was just culture shock. Yeah. Just he didn't, he just didn't know how to square that circle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Want to read a diverse and inclusive fantasy that's pagan friendly? Check out Arrow's Flight by M.B. Strang. Arrow's Flight, an unknown menace, moves through the polite society of Pearl's holding. If not caught in time, it will bring down not just the hallowed knights of the Pearl Order, but also everyone who lives and works with them. The answer lies with a young woman of mysterious origins whose life has been touched by tragedy. To fulfill her potential, she must confront her past and discover a future more amazing than she'd ever imagined and find the inner strength to fly. She's not alone. A handful of knights, a hearth mage, and their magical companions all test their physical and magical limits to make things right before it's too late. Otherwise, dark forces will overtake the knights for good. 
Go to mbstrang.com for details on ordering your copy now. Scroll down to the bottom of the main page to sign up for the newsletter and receive a free story. Hail Dictinus! Hail Dictinus! So another thing that uh, is sort of relevant to talk about in this is sort of how to include kids in practice, like in ritual space, especially in public ritual, mm-hmm. and how to sort of make rituals or or magical practices sort of more kid-friendly, kid-accessible. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think it's important to point out is that, like, just not every ritual is going to be kid-friendly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just for, like, obvious reasons, right? Like, um, like you're not going to invite a child to a, a great rite. Exactly. <laughs> they should not be involved in that. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't really probably even know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are other kinds of rituals that I think maybe are not appropriate for children or are not appropriate for every child. Mm-hmm. Like, some of the really spiritually intense rituals mm-hmm. might be too much for a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even if there's no, like, objectionable content, just, like, the intensity of the ritual might yep. be too much. Yep. Does that make sense. sense? Oh, absolutely. I've been in some rituals where the the energy is so high mm-hmm. and so intense that some adults have to leave. Yeah. Um, I actually mentioned this on the Discord not too long ago, which is probably why it's at the top of my mind. Um, But I went to a ritual at a convocation once that was put on by Michelle Bellinger of the House Kepru. Mm -hmm. And it was not a vampiric ritual. It was a ritual about sort of going, accessing a deep Mm -hmm. self-state, going to the well of memory. And so there was no content in that ritual that I would have said was inappropriate for children, Mm -hmm. but it was such a deep and intense ritual Mm -hmm. that I, a grown adult with a established spiritual practice, Mm -hmm. had a difficult time getting out of it. Mm -hmm. So I would not recommend that ritual for children, right? Exactly. And sometimes that's something that it can be hard to know Mm -hmm. until you're in the middle of it, but... I would say, generally speaking, the ritual runner, mm-hmm. the organizer, the high priest or priestess, whoever that is, should know if it's appropriate for children. Mm-hmm. Kids so, probably are not. Yeah, so I would say, like, check in before you bring your kid to an open ritual mm-hmm. where on the spectrum it's going to be. Yeah. I think um, a lot of the, uh, well, I probably all, well, maybe not all, but uh, rituals for the Sabbaths, you know, for Yule, for... Samhain for maybe not Beltane, (laughs) Ostara, uh, you know, just different Mm -hmm. things like that. Holidays. Holidays, you know, that'd be a great time to bring children in, especially the the equinoxes, the summer and the the -hmm. summer solstice and the winter solstice and things like that. Yeah, the party time rituals. The party time rituals would be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And then... um, Some of the feasts. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And one of the things I've always enjoyed about, well, both when we had Michigan Pagan Fest and for convocation is mm-hmm. there's always children's activities. Yes. There's always at least kids one. Kids and teens. Yep. Kids and teens. There's always kids and teens classes on how mm-hmm. to make poppets. Yep. Or how to do little crafts. How to do little crafts. I believe they even have a, a little mini ritual. For, I think they the do. Children, yeah. You know. Um, um, that's a, just a little less intense. Yeah. Right. Just, but something appropriate for whatever. What the topic. What the of... topic is um, about for that for the 
or the theme. Yeah, because every convocation has a theme. Yeah, the theme of the of the week, mm-hmm. things like that. But always kid appropriate content. Yeah, I would say that kids are because they are tend to be quite active. It is really useful to have a craft you can give them to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, a lot, exactly. a lot of kids. Obviously, nothing can be applied to every child, but a lot of kids will be more engaged in learning about a pagan thing if they get to make something in the process. Yeah, exactly. Give them artistic control. Yep. We got some great comments Yeah, we do. Um, So Rochelle says, Dasveed and I were lucky enough to be in a situation and at a point in our own paths to be able to say, fuck them, and we were prepared to go to battle if someone attacked our kids because of our beliefs from when they were very young. But we didn't get more publicly open about it until our kids were older, and we talked to them before we started literally flying flags because they were both old enough to understand the potential ramifications of that in our, at the time, very conservative community about four or five years ago. That was one thing that we made a full family decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's smart because especially there are especially some some communities mm-hmm. where you could run into problems with your housing yep. or with your job or bullying potentially at yeah school. bullying at school potentially access to your children mm-hmm. um, if someone decides to make an issue of it. Mm-hmm. So those are all things to keep in mind uh, when you're dealing, especially with very young children. Yep. Rochelle also continues, and because consent is so important, yes, for kids, I explicitly make sure to let any participating kids know that it's okay to step out of ritual and how to do it, and in a no big deal, just do this sort of way. I tell the adults too, but I'm even more explicit with the kids because they so often don't get to experience much in the way of autonomy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to come back to Rhiannon's comment in a second, but it is that is such a big mm-hmm. issue. And I don't know that it's this way across the world, but in the United States, at the very least, mm-hmm. children, um, because the United States never signed the Children's Declaration of Independence or whatever it is, children in the United States are not treated like full people. No. They're not. They, they're the possessions of their parents. Exactly. They are They are essentially parental chattel. Mm-hmm. Um, children do not have full autonomy and rights to their own personhood until mm-hmm. they reach 18. And that's a fucking disaster. And it's mm-hmm. something you need to be, I think, I think personally, not as a parent, but as a former child, um, it's something I think every parent should be very conscious of, Mm -hmm. right? The fact that legally speaking, your children don't have personhood or rights um, in a lot of cases where adults have that kind of personhood and rights, right? Mm -hmm. Like they don't get to make decisions about themselves and their lives. The adults around them make decisions about them and their lives in ways that are sometimes very controlling Mm -hmm. and that leave kids feeling unpersoned and really powerless in their own lives. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see a lot of kids acting out or Mm -hmm. seeking something in their life that they can control. Mm -hmm. This kind of thing, like this kind of thing can lead to eating disorders, to self-harm, perfectionism, Mm -hmm. any kind of of thing in their life that they do have control over, they will grab that control with both hands and hold on to it with their fingernails and teeth Mm -hmm. because they have no control in the rest of their lives. So I think it is super, super important in as much as humanly possible Mm -hmm. for parents uh, and especially for pagan parents because Mm -hmm. pagan parents should have, you know, freedom and equality as core values, right? Mm -hmm. Super, super important to give your kids choices, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to give them access to everything in the world, right? But... You should be giving them choices on everything. Mm -hmm. 
And it doesn't have to be a lot of choices. That no, can be overwhelming. That, that can be overwhelming in its yeah. own way. Right. You mm-hmm. don't want to, you don't want to choice paralyze no. your kids. No. But you want to give them choices and opportunities and and always give them the option to say no mm-hmm. to something and teach mm-hmm. them how to say no to things. Because mm-hmm. a lot of kids end up growing up and, you know, they hit the 18 benchmark. Suddenly they're adults. They've never been taught how to say no yep. because nothing in their life has ever permitted them to say no. Mm-hmm. And then we just cut them loose and we say, you're an adult now. Yeah. Go figure it out. And that's why a lot of kids, especially in college, mm-hmm. you know. End up in really dangerous situations. And go off the rails a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't know how to judge what they actually want for themselves. Yeah, because we do kind of have this concept that once you hit the magic mark of 18, suddenly you know everything and know how to live your All life. All this shit we didn't teach you, you should know how to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I think those that's good. That's very good. And speaking as a, a former preschool teacher, yes. it's a very important as, you know, however old a child is mm-hmm. from very young all the way up to definitely give them a, a A limited set. A limited set of choices and then let them have what they choose. Exactly. You know. Don't give them a set of choices and then say, oh, no, actually, you should have chosen A, right? Like, don't give them a set of choices where there's a wrong choice. Yeah. Let them them make a choice and then honor that, even if it's not something that you understand or agree with. Even if it feels ridiculous to you. If it feels ridiculous. Like... Like letting children, even even something as simple as letting children pick out their clothes. Right. Let them decide what they want to wear. Yeah. Like take them to the store and say, like, you can pick anything from this rack. Mm-hmm. Right. Like let them make choices about their lives, yep. how they identify, how they present themselves, mm-hmm. what they believe. Mm-hmm. Letting them make those core choices for themselves sets them up to be much stronger adults. Yeah. Yep. You are not protecting your children by, like, shoving them into these really narrow mm-hmm. perspectives, into mm-hmm. these narrow, narrow lanes. Yeah. And not teaching them how to find their own path. Yeah. Because eventually they're going to have to do that. Yeah. And if you haven't taught them how... They're going to struggle. They will struggle and they will potentially find bad paths. Exactly. Something harmful to Ex- themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, or to others. Mm-hmm. So that is my boilerplate parenting advice give your children choices and respect when they say no yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and uh, along the way you will teach them to respect when you say no exactly right mm-hmm. teaching consent it works both ways yep yep absolutely <laughs> but also when you say no have a reason you said no yeah i think that's important not just because i said so not just because i said so not just because i don't feel like it like, there has to be an, a, a reason behind it that children can understand yeah you know. And children can understand a lot more than you think they can. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And they will can. pick up shit that you don't oh think they're picking gosh. up. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. That is definitely true, especially of very small children. Mm-hmm. Two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds. They, they are so sensitive to the world around them. And they, they observe and they hear and they, and they emulate. Yeah. Because children, especially from like, I don't know, five years old down, mm-hmm. are engaged constantly in the process of learning how to survive, mm-hmm. right? Age zero to five, they're wholly and utterly dependent on a caretaker. Mm-hmm. So every little neuron in their tiny growing brain mm-hmm. is dedicated to how do I get the attention and care of my caretaker? Mm-hmm. And you can really fuck a kid up. Mm-hmm. By teaching them the wrong lessons about how to get care and attention from mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Because that shit's going to get stuck forever. Yeah. 
So, yeah. So, as you're giving them choices mm-hmm. about uh, everything, everyday things in life, you can also give them choices. Do they, do they want to participate exactly. in, in uh, a family here's, ritual? Here's what we're going to be doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's how you could participate. Would you like to? Mm-hmm. Right? Or here are three ways you could participate. What would you like to do? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So give them opportunities to engage with with your practice. Don't force them to engage with your practice. Mm-hmm. Make your practice accessible to children. Yeah. And again, don't be afraid to let them explore. Yeah. You know, things outside your own practice or mm-hmm. your own belief structure. Because here's the thing. They're going to go to school mm-hmm. and all their little Christian friends are going to invite them to church. Mm-hmm. That's or, going or vacation Bible or to school. vacation Bible school. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Be prepared for it to happen. Be prepared for your kid to decide, yeah, they want to try out Christianity. Mm-hmm. They may stick with it. They may give it up after a week mm-hmm. when they realize they have to get up at 7 a.m. <laughs> and some of that will involve potentially working through your own damage, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't. And well, you can. You shouldn't. Yeah forestall your yeah. child's religious journey just mm-hmm. because the stop that they're on was one which hurt you. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because there are people for whom Christianity is the right path and that may be your child and you won't know until you get there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Rian and Gray also had a comment that I want to go back to, mm-hmm. which is, the only people I know who would genuinely agree with the 100% no exceptions I'm not telling my kid about my path till they're 18 are those who have very left-hand style paths, and it's mostly just because they don't want to deal with kids furthering stereotypes because they're young and don't know better, or believe they could genuinely get hurt if they mess with things incorrectly or get involved with shitty people because they're impressionable. Mm-hmm. Though these people also don't typically actually have or want kids, in my experience, lol, and even then would agree that it's best for kids who are curious to learn something, even if it's not super detailed, till they're older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are definitely some practices, mm-hmm. some specific practices that I would not introduce a child to Absolutely. personally. Mm-hmm. Like if a child was in my care, I probably would not introduce them to blood magic right, right. out the gate. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I would introduce them to like, here are some good offerings for, mm-hmm. for our ancestors. Water is good. Food is good. That kind of thing. We would leave blood off the table mm-hmm. until they were much, much older, probably. Mm-hmm. Just because my personal brain mm-hmm. um, is that I know teenagers are prone to self-harm. Yep. I would not want to introduce a teenager to blood magic because I would worry that it would give them a excuse to engage in self-harm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be every child. Yeah, I would have to probably judge it on a case-by-case basis, but mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing that I would worry about. And as with any situation, know who you're exposing your children to. Exactly. What know who is in- they're going to go to for information. Yeah. And um, if you're in a group or in a coven or um, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, know who the people are that you are practicing with. Yeah. You know. I don't want to say, like, never let your kids be unsupervised with other adults. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's perfectly fine and good for your kid to be unsupervised with other adults. Mm -hmm. But you you definitely need to know who those adults are. Mm -hmm. And you need to have the kind of relationship with your child where if something were to happen... They can tell you. They can and would tell you. Mm -hmm. And you believe them. Yes. That is critical. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted to talk about, like, actual examples of, like, kid-friendly oh, yeah. ritual stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
So, like I said, I think um, crafty stuff is really good for kids. I also think stuff with a lot of movement is good for kids. Mm -hmm. So, I would get kids involved in, like, joining a drum circle Mm -hmm. or, like, I would not try, especially, like, a younger kid to teach them meditation necessarily. Right. But I would teach them maybe, like, a moving meditation or, like, Mm -hmm. ecstatic dancing, that Mm -hmm. kind of a thing, um, where they can be really active and... Um, it can be a really joyful experience. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yep, yep, absolutely. Kids really, and if you want to bring yoga into it, yep. um, you know, that's as a form of active Yeah, there are prayer. some actual, like, child yoga yep, yep, specific. Mm-hmm. And you can, for like a couple of minutes, you know, bring a child. Not, it's not necessarily meditation, but to no, a but spot, like a relaxation. A, a relaxation place of quietness. Yes. Yeah. And that would actually be a really good follow-up to like, here we'll do some some ritual dancing. Mm-hmm. And now we'll do some ritual relaxing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And of course, maples. Children love to yes. dance around a maple oh with my the ribbons. God, yes. You know, don't expect it to be fancy. And no, it won't look good. It won't look but good. But they'll enjoy it. But they'll have so much goddamn fun. I've, <laughs> I've had so much fun seeing children dance around a maple in the past mm-hmm. at, at uh, Arts and Craft. I yes, think. Yep. They, they put they up, do a up a maple. They do a maple there. So much fun. Yeah. Um, Rochelle has a good comment, which is Dustfeed and Mai's general philosophy is if they're old enough to ask the question, they're old enough to get a real answer. That doesn't mean that they need every detail, but an age-appropriate answer is usually possible, even if there's some extreme editing necessary for younger kids. Yep. That's a really good point. That's a really, really good um, point. Yeah. I would say definitely don't, like, don't lie to your children Mm-mm. about what the answer is or don't tell them that they're not old enough yeah. to know. Um, I'll tell you when you're older is not effective. No, no. It just means they're going to go, especially now in the age of the internet, look it up on Google. Yeah, And you don't know what the hell they're going to find on Google. it's like I told you Uh when you were 10, I wasn't going to, you know. You would teach me when I was 18. And then what did you do? I snooped in your room and I found all your stuff. Yep. It's not like it was hidden. No. Like, I I went in there when I knew you were at work. And and I looked at all your stuff and I picked up all the crystals. And checked them out. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, that's... And and now in the age of the internet, Mm. that is going to happen so much easier. So much easier. So much less snooping is necessary. Well, and in the age of the internet, you have to be careful of who your kids are connecting Uh with because you don't want them to get connected with... uh, a bad actor. A bad actor yep. pretending to be someone, or even just someone who is a bad actor within the pagan yeah, community. Yeah, exactly. Because so. we definitely have them. We have them. So it's something to be mindful of, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Know what your kids are filling their brains with and who they're associating with. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other thing we wanted to talk about is there are, uh, obviously we have some families in, mm-hmm. in the Pride. In the Pride. Who, but um, there are people who grow up in what would be called hereditary yes, family I, witchcraft. I actually don't personally like the term. I know it's the term they use. Yeah. I like to call it like inherited traditions. Yeah. Because hereditary yeah. to me has connotations of like this is genetic. Exclusive. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but inherited is like this has been passed down the yeah, line. Exactly. Um, and that's what it means usually is like stuff that you learn from your grandma. Yeah. Yeah. And like I have um, a, a person that I know who, um, you know, she's a teacher of, and she owns, I think she owns a shop. But um, anyway, she, her her mother and her grandmother and her aunts, they were all practicing witches. And so she mm-hmm. grew up with 
ritual and magic and yeah. being taught different things. And that, that does happen. You have that. Not that. as often as some people will say. Exactly. Not as often as some people say. But especially now. Now, yeah. Because, you know, Wicca. Practices that started in the 80s are now a few generations or deep. Pract- or practices that started in the 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, they it's become a part of the family. Yeah. You know, so instead of having a Christian family background, you got a pagan family background. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see more of that. Yeah. If you come from a Christian background, you can potentially, with your children, start an inherited tradition. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because, again, you know, paganism, uh, as we know it, modern right. paganism, it's very, very Wicca, young. it's still very young. But it is starting to get that. We're starting to see generations mm-hmm. from the original practitioners. Yep. Onto what they've taught their kids and, and what their kids, what their kids, kids their are kids. teaching theirs. Yeah. And so we are starting to see that. And I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It just means it's going to continue to grow and mm-hmm. uh, to thrive. Thrive. Yeah. yeah. As children either accept or, or, or don't move accept away from or, move or whatever. Away from whatever is their inclination. But I, I think it's beautiful that people are sharing these things with their kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's. It is just as much worthy of being shared as any other religious tradition. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And our craft. Mm-hmm. You know, just real basic stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, baby uh, magic. Baby magic. I would not give young children candle spells. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is get them, start them now yeah. at, at a young age. If they want to learn the craft, mm-hmm. don't necessarily, don't sit there and teach them how to cast a spell necessarily, right. but teach them the parts like we were saying earlier about how energy works mm-hmm. and about spirit allies and plants and working with the air and the different elements. Once they're and, old enough to not just eat it, give them their first crystal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can it can be a slow process mm-hmm. so that by the time they are old enough to understand yeah. what it means then to they, do spell they work. They know what all the little pieces then are. Then they have the basics already. Yeah. And that's years in the making before they are ready to actually start crafting a spell. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the time they're ready to start doing spells, they have all that grounding. And maturity. And exactly. Because hopefully you've also been teaching them, like, responsibility. Responsibility. Um, And sort of the the thing we are always talking about of, like, you have to do the spell, and Mm -hmm. then you have to do the work Mm -hmm. so that the spell has something to work on. And as they are... Young and as they're moving along and growing and Mm -hmm. and changing and becoming, going from childhood to teenagehood to adulthood, Mm -hmm. they're developing their own sense of ethics. Exactly. Their own sense of what's right and what's wrong. And your work is going to really influence how that ethical system develops for Mm -hmm. that child. That's why I'm saying, I'm not saying, you know, start children out on spells when they're six, but (laughs) (laughs) teaching them the basics of paganism, of witchcraft. Yeah. You know, and I would say like philosophy, if you will, of what it means to be a witch. And I would say also like bear in mind that you are gonna have a situation where like your ten year old comes to you frustrated after a shitty day at school Mm -hmm. and wants to curse their teacher. Mm. Be prepared for how you're gonna handle that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is that conversation gonna look like Mm -hmm. for you, right? Mm -hmm. Because now you have to talk about like, well, what are the ethics of cursing? Mm -hmm. Do we curse our teachers? Mm -hmm. Do we even talk about that? But do they even has that even been introduced to them at that time? You know, with the internet, yes, probably. Yes, it has. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. Like, be prepared for those questions to come up even before you're prepared for them, because you cannot, you cannot 
control everything your child has access to. That's true. That's true. I like what Rochella says. Respect for the land. Listen to a tree. Smell the soil. Yeah. All those things about what it truly means to be a practitioner of magic, mm-hmm. to be a witch, to be a druid or a pagan or whatever you call yourselves, a Wiccan, you know, whatever your path is, help them learn the very basics and build from there. Yeah. Rashala says, one of the things I like to do with kids in ritual or spiritual practices is to give them a job. Carry the cup with the seawater or ring the bell or hand out something to participants. They get to be more involved and have more fun that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the... They need to be doing something. Yeah. They don't... Generally, most children probably are not going to want to just sit there and observe the yeah, ritual. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like, you know, I've been to some uh, circles and some places mm-hmm. where... You know, really, the kids are are brought, but there's nothing for them to yeah. do except just kind of be bored. Be present. To be present. And it's kind of like, it reminds me of being a kid being dragged to church and having to sit in the pew next yeah. to my mom, drawing on a on a bulletin uh-huh. while she listened to the preacher. Yeah. That's the same concept. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, or, you know. The other thing that happens when you're a child and you get dragged to church they hand you those streamers, and they mm. send you down the aisle doing the little dances. That's if you're in a, a charismatic church. We were in charismatic <laughs> we churches. So I'm saying, if you've been in a charismatic church ever, there will be a time during the service <laughs> when all the little children will get trotted out from Sunday school with little streamers, and they will do a dance down the aisle, <laughs> swirling streamers. And it's actually a lot of fun it's when you're 10. Yeah. And so give them something like that to do mm-hmm. in ritual, right? Because it makes them feel important. Yep. Mm-hmm. It feels exactly. like you're part of things. Mm-hmm. And you're part of things in a specifically like celebratory fun way. Yeah. Right? You don't have to do anything serious. Mm-hmm. You get to just be involved. Yeah. And I think that's do why... Do a little dancey dance, as Rhiannon says. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why in support, it's important to notate, as mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier, um, maybe have a separate ritual for the kids. How You know, if you're like at a yeah. big event, you know, yeah. have a separate ritual that the kids can participate in themselves, mm-hmm. you know, with a leader. And oh my God. Have a have a family ritual where the parents and the kids can participate. But also then, you know, have something that's just for the adults. And make sure the kids have something to do while the adults I, are. I have never ritual. seen this, but I'm fascinated by the idea. So pagan parents, let me know if this is at all feasible. Like a thing you think your pagan children could do. I'm fascinated by the idea of a of an all child ritual. Like, there is an adult there to supervise, mm-hmm. but each child is given a role in the ritual and told to do the ritual. <laughs> Maybe that's what they do in Spiral Scouts. Is that even still I don't a thing? Know. Is Spiral Scouts still a thing? I have no idea if that died in the 90s or the early aughts. But yeah, I, I think it would be really interesting to see how kids run their own rituals. What or how? Because this is the thing. This is getting back again to like kids are not allowed to have their own. Autonomy. Um, we treat children like they don't have their own internal lives. Children have really complicated, internal, complicated lives internal lives. And like really developed relationships with each other and with the world around them. And so I think it would be fascinating to mm-hmm. see how like given a basic ritual outline, mm-hmm. a bunch of kids would run a ritual. Because I bet it would be fire. It would be awesome. <laughs> well, children love to put on plays and things like that. Yes. Um, why not give them a ritual play? Exactly. Just, that they just can give them like in. a basic structure uh-huh. and let them loose. Because exactly. I bet you would come. They would come up with some abs 
absolutely wild shit. And think about this, people who plan events. Oh, Finn says Spiral Scouts is still active. Oh, good. Think about this, people who plan events. Mm-hmm. What about if you, you know how uh, churches will do the passion play and yes. the nativity? Why not do like a myth? Yes, have know, the kids put on a myth. Have the, have the kids put on a little show. With, and give them little costumes. You know, and let them act out a myth yeah. and let them be little characters. Mm-hmm. Let them portray the gods. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, I think that would be, I, I mean, uh, Rochella says, but yes, I think kids could do could very well run a great ritual. They make up their own anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I think part of it, you don't see a lot of children at pagan events and pagan spaces is because we don't necessarily make them. We don't make space for space them. Space for them. Yeah. You know, and I think if we... We have, you know, we have those little classes mm-hmm. that are for the kids and those are great, but they're very set apart. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The kids are sort of supposed to stay in their space. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, I think that, you know, there should be spaces that are strictly right. for the kids. And there should be spaces that are strictly, strictly for, for adults. adults. But there, I think there should be at least a little bit of where they can come together mm-hmm. and do stuff together. Yeah. Ran and Gray says that'd be a cool thing for a pagan con to include. Have a specific ritual time set aside just for those under 18 to do. Have an adult there to run them through their roles and mm-hmm. just let them vibe and express themselves. Yeah. Because I think what happens with a lot of these kids' rituals is like the adults are running the ritual. Mm-hmm. I am interested in Letting let the, the kids, kids run, run the, the ritual. ritual. <laughs> yeah. It would be interesting to see uh-huh. how they, what they come up with. Yeah. I would be obsessed Give with Give them that. a theme. Oh, Rochelle says, ooh, what about an upside-down style ritual where kids run the ritual and get to tell the adults what to do? Oh, that would be I fun. would love that. Do that at Saturnalia. <laughs> <That> would <laughs> it be would fun. be appropriate and hilarious. Yep. And yep. probably a delight. It would. It would. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for pagan parents to really work with their kids and I'm and sure many of them, I'm sure many of them are, you know, mm-hmm. much but, more than I ever did. Right. But I mean, the other thing I would say is like, we've focused a lot on this episode on like how to parent your children. But mm-hmm. I think another thing to bear in mind is that like your kids will teach you shit about religion mm-hmm. that you've never thought of before in your mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. because they have different perspectives. Oh my gosh. Some of the, you know, as I mentioned millions of times as a preschool teacher, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things was to sit down with a four-year-old oh and God, just and have just, a conversation. Yeah, just let them talk. Just let them talk and ask them questions and hear what they think about things. Mm-hmm. They are stunning little people if yeah. you will actually listen they to what they're saying. Fascinating thoughts in they their do. tiny, tiny heads. They <laughs> do. And they're very wise. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes beyond their years yeah. and very creative and they want to uh, express themselves. Yeah. You know, and they want to understand things. And they want right? to like understand they're, they're constantly in the process of trying to understand the world around them. And sometimes that means they come up with wild conclusions. Oh, yeah. Sometimes very, very wrong, baffling conclusions. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, here's an anecdote that I saw online once. That One mom was saying, so my kid thought that the sound of crickets was the sound the stars made because he only ever heard crickets when the stars were out. So now we're having a little homeschool unit about crickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like that's the kind of stuff that kids will put together and you could build a like a fascinating mythology mm-hmm. around 
stars and crickets based mm-hmm. on, you know, what's the connection between stars what's, and crickets, exactly. right? You still teach them about the crickets and the, the, uh, the crickets yeah. making the sound. But yeah, what is that connection? Mm-hmm. And throw fireflies in there, you know, as yeah. well. Yeah, like uh, that kind of stuff. And the way kids connect their the pieces of their mm-hmm. universe together mm-hmm. could absolutely have spiritual implications. Absolutely. Um, so don't just like, don't just instruct your children. Learn from your yeah, children. Absolutely. And uh, some of the best, some of the best homeschool units I came up yes. with were based on questions my children asked. Yeah, just whatever or we just, were interested in. Or whatever they were interested in or comments that they made. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So, um, yeah, just always listen and don't don't be so quick to correct. Yeah. Find out where they're just, coming just from. Just because you know the quote unquote true answer, right? Mm-hmm. Just because you know the reality of the situation mm-hmm. doesn't mean that their perspective isn't interesting. Exactly. Or no. couldn't be expanded on. Exactly. Become, you know, become a story. Mm-hmm. Leave space in your your parenting um, for those moments Mm -hmm. where your kid comes up with some bananas shit and find out why they believe that. Yep, exactly. Because there is almost certainly a reason they believe that. It might not be a reason that makes sense to you as an adult, but Mm -hmm. there is a reason they believe that. I think the other thing to remember, too, is that children aren't, in my opinion, innately spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. They, you know, I mean, we're all spiritual beings, but they can pick up so much they can sense things they can hear things and Mm -hmm. see things that we often overlook as adults Mm -hmm. pay attention to what your kid is saying when they you know are talking about playmates Mm -hmm. or individuals or fairies or Mm -hmm. you know things that they're that are they are experiencing out in nature yeah or things like that some of that will be imagination some of that will be imagination but some of it may be spiritual exactly could be the good neighbors coming to hang out exactly all all kinds of things all kinds of things uh rhiannon gray says i may not personally like kids i get annoyed by little things far too easily and can barely take care of myself but by the gods the things kids can teach you about the world is amazing no matter how overstimulated i am i will never tell a child to stop talking because even if they're talking quote nonsense it is wisdom we've all forgotten as adults Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um and show interest in kids like yeah i don't have children i don't intend to have children i have no interest in being a parent but Kids are really fascinating little beings who are on the progress to being, hopefully, fascinating adults. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that they will continue to be fascinating is if we as adults give them space. Yep, And show an interest in them and their internal lives. And let them develop their own thoughts. Exactly. And allow them to become the emotional, spiritual Mm -hmm. beings they are meant to become. Mm -hmm. Because they're the next leaders. Yep. Yeah. So always uh, show respect for children, Mm -hmm. I think, is uh, a thing we don't say often enough. Mm -hmm. Um, We tell children to respect adults. We do not tell adults to respect children. So I am telling you, respect respect children. children. (laughs) Um, There are also a couple of resources I wanted to shout out Mm -hmm. that I found while I was looking up this stuff. So there is a website called pagankids.org. I don't know how they got that website. Congratulations to them. Um, It's specifically a Norse website um for like it it focuses on norse and scandinavian mythology but it's got a lot of fun little coloring pages and little things um little printables and things Mm -hmm. and then it's also where 
um, a Norse children's book author has her books. Very cool. Then there are some there are some more, you know, witchcraft and mm-hmm. pagan books being uh, generated out there. I did want to say in regard to the Norse pagan, you know, mm-hmm. some of the most beautiful videos I've seen on TikTok mm-hmm. are uh, fathers bringing their children into their, I guess, their clan or something. The kindred. Their kindred by presenting them yeah. with a, a, what is it? A, Mjolnir. A, yeah. And it's some of the most beautiful, respectful rituals that you that I've seen. Yeah, that that's another thing is um, give your kids pagan milestones. Yep. Right, like Christians have like baptisms and christenings mm-hmm. and shit like that. Do come up with pagan versions of that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like bringing someone into introducing them to yeah. the kindred or to the the whites um mm-hmm. to the ancestors mm-hmm. right like bringing them into your ancestor practice all kinds of things there's all kinds that of you cool could do ways. all kinds of milestones that you could do with your kids exactly. uh, in a pagan context those things will be tradition specific but mm-hmm. look for those opportunities yep absolutely um, to to give your kids special moments mm-hmm. uh, another website i found was called littlepaganacorns.com nice yeah um that one's wiccan focused Um, But it's specifically set up to be a homeschooling resource for pagans Mm -hmm. because most of the homeschooling resources out there are Christian. Christian. So if you are interested in homeschooling your kids or if you just want, like, a structured way to teach them about pagan stuff, um, there are a lot of little, like, unit courses and little, like, like notebook lessons lessons and things like that that you can print out from that website. And a lot of them look really cute. Um, Also, they've put together, like cursive practice but with like pagan phrases oh, or like fine. nursery rhymes and stuff like that yeah. so like so like just some of it's just like normal stuff you would include in a homeschooling unit but with, with a, a pagan, pagan vibe yeah. yeah so it's it's just fun stuff there um and then i did discover moon dust press is a is an, a small imprint publisher mm-hmm. um and they have a whole bunch of pagan children's books nice nice yeah and if you Look, there are some. What was the one? We're starting to see more and more. Yeah. Was it five years ago now? Yeah. We, um. Uh, a thousand years ago. A thousand years ago, we we did a review on some pagan children's books that were a witch, what it means to be a witch. Yep. What it means to. I don't know. It's been too long. It's been too long. But there's but, a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, and like I said, there's a bunch more. Yep. Um, so just we're, we're seeing, searching. Yeah, we're starting to see more and more. Finn says, as soon as my kiddo gets back from Minnesota, I had a set of OM made for him. He gets them when he gets home. That's oh, cute. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. That's beautiful. Thanks to our Tiger Solanox for introducing us to Weavers of the Web, an interfaith pagan ATC, that's Aquarian Tabernacle Church, organization based in Lansing, Michigan. Weavers of the Web is a public Wiccan church that aims to be family-friendly, supportive, and informative, with the goal of ensuring no one ever needs to be alone in their spiritual needs. Weavers is currently raising funds for the down payment on a property which would allow them to expand their current network of resources, including dedicated community space, a permanent home for a pagans in need pantry, and a lending library. Join them online or in person for regular events, including rituals and discussion groups, at weaversoftheweb.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash weaversatc. Hail Dictinus. Hail Dictinus. Ran and Gray says, We as a group of adults who choose to encourage respect for all things in life, especially those who were often forgotten or forced to be silent, should gladly stand up for the children in our lives and make sure they know that they are just as valid and worthy of respect and honor just as any adult around them. 
Far, far too many of us were likely silenced as children ourselves. We know how soul-crushing it can be to have those we want to share our excitement with tell us to shut the hell up. I could never wish that feeling on another child, regardless of how I feel about what they're ranting about. And remember that the with children, they have very little life experience, mm -hmm. by which I mean specifically, the worst thing that has ever happened to them might be you being mean to them right now. Mm -hmm. Like, their ice cream falls on the floor, and that is, truthfully, the worst thing that has ever happened to them. Mm -hmm. So if they freak out about it, that response is not disproportionate to their life experience. That is the worst thing that has ever happened to them, right? Mm -hmm. This is the most exciting thing that's ever happened to them. This is the happiest they've ever been, right? Mm -hmm. They Because their life experiences are so limited, the scale they're working on is very small, mm -hmm. and the emotions they're feeling are very, very big. Yeah. <laughs> when children have very extreme reactions to things, mm -hmm. that's normal. Yep. That's correct. That is consistent with their reality. Mm -hmm. Don't get frustrated with that. Children having tantrums is because they're overwhelmed by what they're experiencing. Chances are they just need to be taken somewhere quiet and work through whatever the issue is. Mm -hmm. By the same token, if you are mean to a child, that might be the worst thing that has happened to that mm -hmm. child. Hopefully, you being mean to that child is the worst thing that has ever happened to that mm -hmm. child. So don't be that. Don't be that memory for a child. Yeah, exactly. Because you never know that might stop them in exactly. a development towards something that they could have become great in. Exactly. But you had to be an asshole for 30 seconds. Yep. Don't be a dick. Yeah, exactly. Don't be a dick. Don't be Take a dick. that rule with you into your life everywhere, but especially when you're dealing with children because mm -hmm. they don't have the shields up that other adults do. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much covered everything yes. we could possibly cover. Yes, I think so. And I'm sure there's a lot we missed. Well, it just, we're coming from this perspective as not being pagan parents. Yep. <laughs> yep. But I think uh, I think the the reason you weren't a pagan parent is is an interesting perspective to bring into this. Mm -hmm. So, well, if you'd like to learn more about <laughs> right. three pagans and a cat, you can Google us. Right. You can Google the number <laughs> three and the words pagans and a cat, or the number three and the letters P A A C. You can also find us online at the number 3pagansandacat.com, where there are links to a variety of things we do. You will not find a link to Gwen's TikTok, although she is on that all of the time. You will find a link to our Patreon, where you can support us. And we appreciate all of those who are supporting us, as well as all of you who listen, who respond in the, in the uh, Discord, mm -hmm. in the Facebook group, who send us emails. We love you all, and yep. we're very, very grateful for your presence in the Pride. Yep. Because all listeners are part of the Pride. Yes. Unless you opt out. Unless you opt out. Which, completely fair. It's yep. up to you. Yep. You get to self-identify. That's right. But you you have an, an open door to the Pride. Always. <laughs> okay. So, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye.